Welcome to the Limitless Athlete Podcast. I'm your host, Tom Foxley, and you're today going to be listening to The Debrief, where myself and our head coach, Rachel Burnett, will discuss some of the lessons and insights gleaned from the Limitless Athlete Podcast with Richard Acevas. And today, what we're going to do is we are going to give you some tips and strategies that we kind of talked around with in the interview with Richard but very much focused on bolstering low energy or kind of rectifying low energy and mood management, because we know this is something that so many athletes and coaches deal with. Like you're dragging yourself to the gym to train. Like you used to enjoy it, but somehow you're dragging yourself there. You've lost that spark, that love, that enjoyment, that fun from training. Um, You feel lethargic and kind of burnt out around training. So we know this is a case for a lot of you out there. So we wanted to give you some tips and some strategies to apply that. So we're going to use what Richard talked uh, talked to us about. We're also going to add our own input on this. And we're going to come at this from kind of the physical side and the mindset side at the same time, kind of two sides of the same coin here. And we're going to give you some strategies to do that. We're going to focus on how different types of recovery affect your mood, knowing your why and how that can really change what you're doing here, um, adding constraints, like adding some limitations in a very positive way. We're going to talk about, uh, there's actually a gem for coaching in here. So like I said, if you're feeling lethargic and burnt out and you want to find some energy in training, this is the episode for you. A quick piece of housekeeping before we start. Firstly, if you are interested in our six-week mindset training camp, pre-registration has opened. This one is going to have a definite twist on the open. We're adapting a few things. We're going to add in a few extra things that you wouldn't normally get very specifically to the open. Um, pre-registration is open. And to do that, you just need to head to our Instagram page, MindsetRxd. Um, so that's MindsetRxd and click the little link and it will take you there. And the other thing is over this Christmas, winter, holiday period, we are still going to be running the podcast. It's still going to be up and running because um, we, well, we enjoy it and it's fun and we've got some great episodes scheduled for you so don't forget to subscribe to the show so you don't miss out now let's get on with the show i don't know what's gonna happen but i'm willing to work as hard as i can there is no past there's no future there's just this moment right here if I did that, if I can get through that, like, come at me. Changing how I saw myself, like, as a man, not just as, as an athlete. It's okay that I struggle. It's okay. That's part of the deal. That's how I respond to it. Let's discuss Richard Acevers and his episode, and then particularly around low energy mood management and that experience that so many CrossFitters have. So my first question then, Rachel, is how do so many athletes reach this point where they have low energy and their mood is low and it's kind of a normal thing within CrossFit? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's describe that state even, even in more depth mm. here. So many of us show up at the gym 
completely demotivated. Like we've arrived and we're, you know, physically body is there, but mind is not there. Um, often there is accompanying injury and illness, uh, a lot of complaining, um, even if it's just internal, um, you know, I'm not gonna be able to do this. I feel like crap. Um, yeah, like feeling crushed, like you've got hit by a bus regularly. Yeah. Let's, let's point out that's not normal or acceptable ways for athletes to show up to their training. So, um, if this describes you, I have a lot of compassion for you. Cause I've been there before. I'm sure that Tom has too. Few times. We've made, we've made all the same mistakes that everybody else has. So you know, how do we, how do we get to that point? Well, often it's coming from using training to manage mood, but to the degree that we are chasing the, that like high that we get over listening to our body when it's telling us to rest. So failing to take adequate rest days, failing to take adequate active recovery days, which I know Tom wants to talk about a little bit later in the show. Um, when, when we expect ourselves to be at a hundred percent every single day, then this like sense of like burnout and overwhelm around training is Mm. definitely going to happen. The experience that I know so many athletes will, will will remember for themselves Mm. is that feeling of it's taken every ounce of willpower to get myself to the gym. It's like, oh, how did I manage to do this? And then I've got to drag myself through a warm-up and you feel slow, you feel heavy, you feel like I haven't got the energy to be doing this and you just feel mm-hmm. kind of crappy generally. So negative. Yeah. And yeah. the problem with this is that, A, it's not a nice way to live in the long run. Like it's it's an awful place to be. And I remember it from my own training. Um, B, it's not going to get you to where you want to be either. Like it's not yeah. going to get you to your competitive goals. You have to get your body working for you, not against you. And that comes partially from adjusting physical practices and partially from adjusting your mentality behind it too. Mm, 100%. Yeah. I mean, if you, if you're showing up to uh, a class every day, completely overwhelmed and negative and thinking, I'm never going to be able to learn all of this stuff. Would you expect mm. to ace it? Like probably not. Right? Mm. You're not learning. You're not learning everything the way that you need to, and your body's the same way. Yeah. So on this neurochemical baseline, what's happening is cortisol completely jacked up. It's like I'm stressed. I'm anxious. I'm responding to threat and mm. fear. Um, yeah. You've got this adrenalized or norepinephrine level kind of spiking of just like right. That's all I'm running on, and yeah. so you're kind of you're risking that adrenal fatigue or what's been termed as adrenal fatigue so many times. It's like I'm pushing, I'm pushing, I'm pushing, yeah. and then like dopamine, serotonin, endorphins, like all the things that make you feel good, like everything that makes you feel like oh I'm happy, content, or I want to yeah. chase something, are just destroyed. Like they are they are non-existent. So you lose the fun, you yeah. lose the the goal chasing aspect of it. Cause I'm having to drag myself there instead of just experiencing it. Right. And you lose that feel good factor of, yeah, I'm moving forwards. I'm improving. Um, kind of I like you lose that runner's high type thing that you mm-hmm. often get from CrossFit because you are just crushed. So we need to find a way around that. Right. Yeah. And can we, can we talk a little bit about adrenal fatigue too? Mm. Um, a lot of us might not be familiar with that. So adrenal fatigue is when your body fails to, uh, uh, like balance your hormones in such a way that you do have those feel good hormones. It's just completely in like shutdown mode. So ways that this shows up is, um, a like weight loss, 
So inability to like have an appetite or, um, metabolized nutrients. It'll also show up as low sex drive, um, disrupted sleep and, um, extreme mood swings are the main symptoms that you'll see. So if you hear yourself described in there, I want you to know what's going on and, or what potentially is going on yeah. for you. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. It's what could be going on and is worth investigating further. And I know there's some conflicting evidence around what exactly is adrenal fatigue. Um, but we can all agree on the fact that if you are crushing your body day in, day out and your mind, then your brain is not going to be in homeostasis and that balance point like, oh, all my body bodily like neurochemicals are in the right place. Like they're not going to be at the right level. So what do we do about this, Rachel? When you're working with an athlete who is feeling this low energy, low mood, where are you starting with this? Well, first we want to understand why they're training the way that they are. What's the, what's the purpose, uh, behind training six days a week, twice a day? Like what's the, what's the reason? And we go further than that too. It's not just, well, I have competitive goals. We want to have a solid understanding of why those competitive goals or body composition goals are important to us. Like what's the, what's the underlying reason that an athlete finds those things important? To some extent, it's fulfilling some need of ours. And that need might be a serving need, like I'm fulfilling my purpose in some way by pursuing my athletic goals, but it can also be non-serving. It could Mm be, I'm trying to prove my worth through these uh, athletic goals and fulfilling our purpose and proving our worth are two very different things. We're proving our worth. We're looking for an external extrinsic reward. When we're fulfilling our purpose, it's just for us. We're getting so much fulfillment from it. And so it's a lot easier to tap into motivation. It's also a lot easier to learn how to rest mm-hmm. when, when we have that understanding of the long-term view versus short-term, I need to crush every workout. We can use the idea of social opinion to really help this. Yeah. The question I have been asking myself recently is if no one was watching, what would I be doing? Like this, the opposite of what Carl Powley was saying of like, if everyone was watching, what would I be doing? And it's kind of, it serves the same purpose really. Like if no one was watching me here, what would I be doing? And I found out that it wasn't trying to be a competitive crossfit athlete because that was me just trying to fit into this box. I thought I should be, it was, you know, like training a bit more kind of functional bodybuilding style, still doing CrossFit-esque stuff and being pretty aerobic at the same time. Like that's what makes me feel good. And that's what is my new favorite word, autotelic. So it is self-driving. You would do it just for the reason of just doing that. Like it feels so good that it would just be that's what you do if you had the choice. Um, and that's really when we dig into a why and who do you want to be? We want to find something that's autotelic, something that has no other reason other than the completion of that task. Mm, yes. Great. So we dig into our why. Um, we figure out when we ask why so many times, we figure out who do you want to be? Yeah. Who is it that you want to be at the at the heart of this? And I always thought it was, oh, I want to be this tough macho guy who is able to do everything and is super, super resilient and um yeah, and just like absolutely hard as nails. And people would look at you that way. Yes, yes, yeah. that's the thing. It was yeah. about how other people would view yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. Because 
don't tell anyone this, Rachel, because what's happened is we're scared of what's going on, on the inside and we don't want to see that inadequacy showing up. Um, so that's, I hope you keep that between you and I and the listeners. Yeah. <laughs> don't tell anyone, guys. <laughs> um, so yeah, we need to understand, okay, what are we trying to get towards? Like, who do we really want to be? And what would be autotelic if, if, we, um, if we could do it without anyone else seeing? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've worked with several athletes on this, especially competitors. And it's so interesting, the things that come back. Uh, often, um, the idea of showing to, and it, I think this is along the lines of what Richard is really inspired by, which is showing people that they can do anything can be mm. really motivational. That's very altruistic and lovely. Um, some people's purposes are a lot more um, uh, self-based. For example, it may be something like, I want to see what I can do. I want to maximize my potential and know that I gave everything to my sport mm. before it was time for me to retire. Both of those uh, sides of the spectrum of purpose are beautiful expressions of fulfillment. Um, it doesn't have to be for other people. Mm. Yeah. Mindset is a one size fits one Absolutely. event. Like, yeah. we, just because something works for me, it doesn't have to work for you too. Um, and it'd be weird if it did. Um, so whilst there's themes and general principles that apply, like you're an individual human being and yeah. you have like everything that's gone to making you is, is what's gone into making you. So working on what works for you is the important thing here. Hey, if you're enjoying this episode, chances are you'll enjoy our free ebook. How to Stop Substandard Self-Critical Plateaus and Unleash Your Potential. It's a step-by-step guide to finding your mojo again and getting back to the athlete you know you can be. It's free, you just have to stick your email address in and download it. To find it, head to mindsetrx.com slash ebook. That's mindsetrxd.com slash ebook. Now, let's get on with the show. So we have this idea of okay, starting with who do you want to be? Like, yeah. What is it that we want to achieve? Why do we want to do it? And really readdressing that fundamental desire there. What is it that's driving you getting to know that? And that's going to help massively. Yeah. I think the piece from a mindset perspective that mm-hmm. I find very useful and something that honestly I don't do enough, but I know is so important to me, is this active recovery versus passive recovery thing. And truly allowing my mind to recover. We often think of recovery, especially in the fitness community, as if I'm not moving my body, then I must be recovering. So we lie down on the couch, grab our phone, um, we get the Netflix up, and <laughs> I'm just laughing at Rachel, just trying to bury us <laughs> knees deep in us. Yeah, at the moment. <laughs> um, hey, I'm allergic so, to recovery. <laughs> so lots of us are allergic to active recovery, and then we choose passive <laughs> recovery, which is like, okay, I'm going to lie on the sofa, I'm going to try and do nothing. And we think that if we're physically doing nothing, if our body isn't moving, then we must be recovering. But no, like from what's happening in your brain in that moment when you're looking at social media your brain is still working overtime when you're watching a complex tv series your brain is still working overtime it's thinking about the social pressures it's thinking about how do we fit into this let alone the blue light and the like and everything that goes along with that um yes. so it's like we choose these things like tv 
eating crap because that makes us feel better. Um, Netflix, using our phone, alcohol, drugs, like these things kind of, it's like, okay, how can I passively recover? And those things just don't work. In the words of Stephen Kotler and the Flow Genome Project, they're slow and they're inefficient. They do not get you recovering. The other side of this is more active recovery. It takes some effort, some energy and yoga, mobility, breath work, getting outside in nature, just being still, um, reading like these are all meditating. Yeah. yeah, meditating. Exactly. Yeah. Right. These are all like exponential in their potential reward for you. Mm. And these things just give back and give back and give back. And guess yeah. what? If you're too tired to be doing that, you should probably be asleep. And that's yeah. maybe the best form of meditation that you can find. Yeah, absolutely. I love this. You know, this is something that we discussed in a recent programming cycle in the digital mindset gym was the difference between behaviors that are self-care, um, which are what you're describing, yoga, meditation, breath work, getting out in nature, that's self-care and numbing behaviors, numbing behaviors. And we'll talk about this in next week's show with Anna Lemka, uh, numbing behaviors allow us to seek dopamine, which gives us a little boost. Uh, that's why like eating crappy food feels really good. It's because you get a little dopamine boost, but it's not serving because it's not addressing the issue that you're trying to numb. It's not addressing the burnout that you're experiencing. It's almost like if the only thing that you're looking forward to in your life is your next vacation, your life needs to be adjusted. There should be, there should be more to it than just the next vacation. Whereas on the other side, all the stuff that's like yoga, meditation, um, uh, breath work, cold showers, all that good stuff. Those, they take work and they're not fun. Like they're self-care. So you kind of think like, oh, like taking a bath, an Epsom salt bath. That sounds like it should be relaxing, but I'm really stressed out thinking about doing it. That's okay. That's actually, that's why it's active recovery. It takes a little bit of energy to make ourselves do it, but it's much more effective than turning to those numbing behaviors. Mm, it's like, you've got to be constantly asking yourself, what's this doing to my mind? What's yeah. it doing to my body? Yes. And when we, when we know this is why education is such an important part of this, because the more we know, the more seeps into our subconscious awareness of like, ah, this isn't what I know I really want yeah. to do. It's what I'm doing because I practiced it. And because it gives me that little dopamine spike. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that when we're turning towards numbing behaviors, it can be really effective and same with actually turning towards working out more and more and more and hitting that burnout that's often caused by what we call bound nature as well. So being really aware of the thoughts, emotions, physical sensations, and behaviors that are a symptom of a belief system that's not serving us anymore. Being really aware of those will also allow us to turn towards things that are more serving because we'll know that we're confronting bound nature and rewriting that story. Yeah. The difficulty of this is something that we'll mention the debrief of Anna Lemka's podcast yeah. as well. But it's that semi-conscious state that you slip into when you're about to form. And that is the hardest one to pick up on because you are semi-conscious in it. You're kind of dazed and you're foggy in, in your um, perspective. But yes. if you learn to recognize that, that is the greatest indicator that you're about to do something that isn't self-serving. Exactly. Yes. Okay. So we have first of all digging into the why and why are you doing this and who do you want to become and like really understand your true motivations. And then we have balancing our, our active recovery. Like you've got to you've got to actively work on your recovery. That's what we, we need to realize here. Mm. And then we have 
the next piece in in my opinion here, which is like providing some positive constraints to your training. Like mm. often Parkinson's law happens in this scenario where it's like, I have X amount of time to train, so I'm going to fill it up or I have X amount of time before I need to pick the kids up or um, I need to fill this space. Yeah. And then your task expands to fill the amount of time allotted. Um, so training becomes bigger and it takes up more time and it takes up more space and it takes more energy. And then the low mood comes back and the kind of the slightly depressive or um, yeah, the slightly depressive mentality around it, it picks up too. So yeah. we need to maybe add some positive constraints, be like the balance of the 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 kind of the symbolic mother and father again. It's like, okay, we need some this is the limit. We do not overstep this limit because it's in your best interest. Yeah. It's an internal boundary setting. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, it's very similar to, um, when we all had to work from home for a little while, what we were coaching a lot of people on during that time is even though you're at home and you have more hours, that doesn't mean that you should be working all of those hours. You have to set office hours, even though you're technically available and you're working in your home or your, your workspaces where you are all the time now, uh, it's not acceptable to just fill all that time with work. And the same thing applies just because we have the time to train for two hours doesn't mean that that's actually serving us. Yeah, exactly. Exactly right. Because we start filling up with things that physiologically destroy us. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, we, we seem to think on that work piece, we seem to think that, oh, I'm just going to be able to flow through and I'll find this perfect state and it will happen. And, like, and I'll just go through. There's a reason why the working day existed and you have set hours because you kind of you're more productive when you have constraints um and we need to embody that and it's like again i'm saying this like i'm i've mastered it i <laughs> and like i'm going to be working for another hour and a half tonight at least um and it's kind of 6 p.m so and i've been yeah. working since pretty early so like i fall short of this but i know that it's a short-term thing and i'll go back to it and um especially after the christmas break so like those constraints are important we need time off Yes. 100%. We don't function at our best unless we're resting. Yeah. So I know you wanted to talk about the value of going through hardship or trauma um, or injury as a coach. And this is something that I think like, if you haven't seen the video, I think it's somewhere on Richard's Facebook profile, which is open. Um, there's a video of him having two gigantic antic screws um undone from his inside his hip it's a horrendous video uh. um but it is it's a symbol of how dramatic or traumatic his injury was like how serious it was and he has been through some huge physiological shifts because of that injury um and you know what? i've never heard him complain about it um mm -hmm. i'm sure it's very uncomfortable and very painful still um but this has given him tools, right? So why or tools that you wouldn't have gotten without the, the injury? So, so why is this, why did this stand out to you? You know, this stood out to me because we work with so many coaches in the coaching certification in the digital mindset gym who they feel almost guilty for being injured. Like they couldn't possibly be setting a good example for their athletes if they're injured, um, if they're going through a difficult time mentally. Um, there's this, there's this sense that they have to hide that and always appear like they have it all together. Um, what I love about Richard is his ability to see that his experience allows him to be more empathetic with his athletes. Um, 
having experienced a back injury now for the first time last year, I am so much more capable of uh, working with athletes who are experiencing back pain because I've been there. And again, like I'm in my mid thirties, I'd never experienced a back injury before. So it was new to me. Um, and the same thing comes up for me mentally, right? Like all of athletes who, you know, they feel really angry and I, I might have a hard time understanding where their anger is coming from and how to help them address it. When I've been through it, when I've been through frustration in my training, I have actually the experience to not only empathize, but because I've worked myself through it, uh, and that does take time. You don't just get there really quickly, but because I've worked myself through it, I now have the tools to help someone else work through it. Our stories are so much more interesting when we have overcome hardship and it makes us better coaches. Gives us connection points. It's yes. shared experience that we can say, hey, I've had some of that. And not in a way to just say, hey, you'll be fine. But in a way of like, I understand you. I hear you. I see you. I can I can, I can, can really kind of understand where you're coming from. I, I hear what's going on here. We seem to, especially as coaches, get caught up in this idea that the image that we give to other people has to be perfect and yeah yeah, yeah very yeah. uniform and like it's like your business card yeah exactly but yeah. there's a huge difference between being perfect and being professional yes 100%. we need to understand that you can still be professional and have vulnerability yeah it like you don't exist in the vacuum and you're going to ex experience hardship and actually like maybe that hardship is your is your secret source is that is yeah. the thing that's going to create your success. Yeah. 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 Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What would you recommend to coaches then in, in light of that? Mm, you know, view, view the, uh, hardships that you're facing with the understanding that it's an obstacle to overcome or a challenge for you to either accept or withdraw from. It doesn't have to be a threat to your um, financial security or reputation. That's that's about nature speaking. That's story or perfectionism. We're served so much better by viewing each of those hardships that we face as something that we're capable of overcoming. And it might take time and the path probably isn't going to look the way that we want it to or expected it to, but uh, that's how you know it's your path. Yeah. I would, like, if I was in that situation where I was coaching CrossFit again, I would be mining my past for... Valuable experiences that at the time I thought were terrible, yeah. and I came up better because of them. So all these yeah. things that happened to me, actually, they were happening for me. They were yeah. the things that were supposed to happen because this is the person I was supposed to come, and I couldn't mm. have become this person without them. Mm. That's such a lovely perspective. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> is there anything else you'd like to add on mood, low energy, like anything that we can put out there? Yeah, I don't think so. That felt really good. Okay. So let's wrap up then as a summary of where we're at. We want to isolate why we're training. Like, what is it that we really want to get from this? And if it was autotelic, what would that look like? Mm -hmm. um, we want to be active in our recovery, not relying on passive recovery that's secretly draining us. We want to add some positive constraints to our life. And then if we're coach as well, like I think this ties in quite nicely as well. It's instead of trying to hide from those things that feel like weaknesses, embracing them. Mm, sounds great. Lovely stuff. Yeah. 
Thank you for listening to the Debrief Partner episode of the Limitless Athlete Podcast. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss out on upcoming episodes. We'll be speaking to CrossFit Games athletes, coaches, authors, and other inspiring people who are going to help you find your next level inside and outside of the gym. Loads of awesome future podcasts coming right up. If you can leave a great five-star review and share the episode with your friends, that would be great. See you next week with another mindset-shifting interview and a debrief episode to follow up.